bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. Today, I'm speaking on perseverance. Perseverance. It's great to be bold, but in life, you will be confronted by circumstances seeking to block you, circumstances seeking to frustrate you. And at some point in your life, it will be demanded that you persevere. We're going to start with two portions of reading from the book of Revelation. First, we'll look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. And then we'll look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 5 to 8. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 10 to 11, and Revelation 21, 5 to 8. Let's hear the reading of God's word. First from chapter 3. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And that is Jesus speaking to the church. Then chapter 21, verses 5 to Eight of the book of Revelation. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirst he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I'll be his God and he shall be my son but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death I want you to note particularly verse 7 he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I'll be his God and he shall be my son the three thoughts I want to start with as we look at these two portions of scripture reading the first thought I want to share with you is that God commands us to persevere God commands us to persevere note verse 10 in chapter 3 it says you have kept my command to persevere you have kept my command to persevere perseverance is not an option it's a command God commands us demands from us to persevere it is imperative that when we are confronted with obstacles that we don't give up that we persevere because God wants his children to be people who trust him through all the seasons of life Life has several seasons and life will throw against you different things. Sometimes life it can be a mountaintop experience. Sometimes it can be a valley experience. Sometimes it can be full of darkness. Other times it's full of light. Sometimes it's joy and laughter. Other times it's tear and sadness. 
there will be different seasons of your life, of my life. But God commands us that no matter the seasons of life, we must persevere. Everybody say persevere. We must persevere. Secondly, perseverance enables us to advance through trials. Perseverance enables us to advance through trials. Verse 10, Revelation chapter 3. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Whether you know it or not, there will be tests in life. There will be trials in life. There will be challenges in life. There will be difficulties in life. We wish that life was just an enterprise of happiness where everything works well and there is no problem and nobody has any hassle to deal with. But that's not how life is. There are tests and there are trials. But the Bible says when we persevere, we can advance, we can go through every trial that comes against us. Whatever form your trials take, you will be able to advance, you can make progress, you can move on through perseverance. And the third thing that I want you to note is that perseverance qualifies us to inherit what God has promised us. Verse 7 of Revelation 21, it says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. Perseverance qualifies us to inherit what God has promised us. God's promises are inherited through persevering faith. The Bible abounds with stories of people who persevered in order to inherit the promises of God. Men and women who had to deal with tremendous obstacles, many challenges, but they went through and they persevered and received the promise of God. Noah is an example of perseverance, going against the, the, the trend of his society in order to build an ark for God. Abraham and his story of perseverance. Sarah and perseverance. Joseph and perseverance. Hannah a woman who persevered to have a child. Elijah, a man who persevered in prayer. Throughout the Bible, you find people who persevered and received the promises of God. So, what is perseverance? What is it? And what does it mean to persevere? Perseverance, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary of thesaurus, it defines perseverance as to continue in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. When you are seeking to achieve something in life, there will be counter-influences, there will be opposition, there will be discouragement. Perseverance is the ability to continue in spite of these. Perseverance refers to that quality of character which does not allow one to surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It is the capacity to continue to bear up under different circumstances. Perseverance is not the same as endurance or long-suffering. Endurance is being able to hold on. 
perseverance is being able to make progress, not just stay and hold on, but to advance in spite of the tests, the trials, and the opposition. I believe God has called you to perseverance. That whatever Satan throws against you, in every season of life, you will not be held back. But you will persevere, you will move on, because there is a greater promise of God for your life. Perseverance does not just absorb the pressure, it moves even through pressure. So what does perseverance look like? I'm I'm going to show you a picture of perseverance in the Bible. And it's a very interesting story from Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. Luke chapter 5, 17 to 20. We see a picture of perseverance. If you want to know how perseverance looks like, I want you to follow the story carefully because it will show you how you also can persevere. And it reads, Now it happened. Everybody say it happens. And it's going to happen. Sometime in your life, it happens. It's going to happen. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. He there meaning Jesus. Jesus was teaching and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. This is a story and a picture of perseverance. It's a story that can help us as we deal with obstacles in life, as we deal with challenges in life, this story helps us not to give up. It's a story of friends who are trying to help and a colleague who is paralyzed. The colleague has been probably struck down by sickness or disease. We're not told what form of paralysis it is, but this colleague is unable to help himself. So his friends decide they're going to do something about his problem. They're going to help him out. And they start on a journey to try to help their friend. And in that journey, they had to deal with obstacles. I'm going to walk you through the processes they went through. And then we're going to learn some lessons. The first thing we see as they started their journey is hope. They started on the basis of hope. What was their hope? Their hope was to lay their friend before Jesus. That was their target. That was their objective. That's what they desired. They set out from home with hope. They knew Jesus was in town. Jesus could heal their friend. Jesus, the son of God. They might probably have heard about all the miracles that Jesus had done. And so they heard Jesus was in town. And they were very hopeful that their friend would be healed. So they set out from home with a lot of hope. They knew Jesus would be the answer. Many of us 
have started things with hope. All of us start life with hope. Hope that our marriage will work out. Hope that our business will prosper. Hope that we will pass our exam. Hope that when we go for that interview, we'll be successful. Hope that something we have started will work out well. Everybody starts life with some kind of a positive expectation. It's called hope. And these people had hope. And the hope was a tangible one because the Bible says the power of God was present to heal when Jesus was in that house. So they picked up their friend with their hope and started moving in hope with an expectation that their friend will receive a miracle. And as they moved in hope, they came against reality. Everybody say reality. One of these days, reality is going to hit you in the face. They could find no way to Jesus. They arrived at the place where Jesus was. Jesus was there, all right. But they could not get in. Probably they could hear Jesus, but they couldn't get in. The hope is met with reality. The reality is that you cannot get in. It's difficult. I don't know about you, but all of us start life with hope. And then somewhere along the line, reality will hit you. I'm yet to meet any person, any group of people who start life without hope. I'm yet to meet a group of 12-year-olds who are asked, what do you want to be? Who have no hope. Most of the time they would say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a lawyer. I'm yet to meet 12-year-olds who are asked, what do you want to be? And they say, I want to fail. I want to be miserable. I want to suffer. They all have hope. You talk to a bunch of teenagers in secondary school. What do you want to be? And they talk about grand things. And some say, I'm going to play professional football. I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm going to be a great actor. I'm going to be something. And they talk about great things. None of them says, I will fail for all of you to see that I am a real mess. I'm yet to meet anybody who enters life and says, I'm going to fail. Just watch me fail. You'll be amazed at my failure. I will fail so well, you will clap for me. Nobody starts that way. I'm yet to meet a group of people who meet each other in love. And they say, oh, we love each other, but watch us beat up each other and destroy one another. No. They say, we're going to be in love. We'll love each other forever. It's hope. I'm yet to meet somebody who starts a business and say, watch me register this business. I will fail and I'll be in debt. No, they all have hope. They're carrying their lives in hope. And then they, they get to the point where they must access what they're hoping for. And the door is shut. And they find no way in. And that's what happened to these friends. Jesus is there. But the door it's shut. They can't find their way. They can hear Jesus. Their hope is still somewhere there, but they can't find a way. It seems as if everything they try doesn't work. And many times people come through life where 
they have a hope, but there is no way. Nothing seems to point them in the right direction. Nothing seems to guide them in the right direction. It seems as if every door is locked. What are you going to do when you can't find a way to access your hope? And what was the reason? Why is it that they couldn't have access? The reason was very simple. There was a crowd. A crowd had gathered outside the door. A crowd had made sure that they would not have access to where their hope was. That's the crowd. You know, what these people did not consider was that whilst they were setting out to go to Jesus, other people too were setting out to go to Jesus. Sometimes you think you are the only one with a dream. Other people too have a dream. You think you are the only one who wants to start a business. Other people want to start a business. You think you are the only one who wants to succeed. Other people want to succeed. And in that competition, people can crowd you out. So that's what has happened. They've been crowded out. But the good news is that the problem was not Jesus. The problem is the crowd. They cannot enter, but Jesus is still there. And the Bible says the power of God is present to heal. So the problem is a human problem. It's not a divine problem. It is not God stopping you from accessing your future. It is a human condition. It's a social condition. It's something that human beings are doing, but God is still there and his power is still available to heal you. And don't ever let the crowd keep you away from your dream. Don't allow people to push you away from your hope. Don't allow people their envy, their anger, their frustration, their disappointment, their temperament, their inability to stop you from pursuing your hope. Because whilst the people are still at the door, Jesus is still there. And his power is still available to heal. Many times as people try to make progress in life, they come against obstacles. The crowd. And they go back home. God still wants to help you. So what did these people do? They didn't return. They didn't go back home. They didn't say, well, we tried our best. And it didn't work. They resolved to move on. So they went up on the housetop. And this is where the spirit of perseverance kicks in. If the door is shut, try a window. If the window is shut, try the roof. But don't say, I tried the door, it was shut. And so I came home. Did you try the window? You couldn't get access through one way. Did you try other ways? Did you consider other options? Did you ask God to open other doors? You know, many times we try to do something and we fix that it has to happen in only one way. And if it doesn't happen that one way, we give up. But these people, I'm sure they went through, ran the house, tried other doors, crowd. Windows, crowd. When you look around you, 
and you see no way, look up. So they looked up and they said, wow, we can go above the heads of the people and we can have access to Jesus because our friend must be helped by any legitimate means necessary. You have to push on. Don't sit down and blame people for your calamities. You have to move. They fought for their friend. And what was the result? The result was that they let their friend down before Jesus through the roof. They achieved their result. When they set out, they said, we want our friend in front of Jesus. And they got that to happen. They got their friend where Jesus was. The power of God was present to heal. There is a crowd, but they kept moving. I don't know who is trying to crowd you out. Maybe somebody's going to try to crowd you out of your marriage or trying to crowd you out of your business or trying to crowd you out of something you are doing. When you start out with hope, don't let the crowd keep you from the thing that you set out to do. The power of God is still present to heal. God can still make your body well. God can still make your marriage work. God can still do it. God, God can still do it. Don't go home because you saw a crowd. There will be a crowd. But Jesus is still there talking. And if you get in front of him, there will be a miracle. And what did they receive? What was their realization? Their friend was healed by Jesus. This is hope realized. This is when hope becomes a reality. This is where your dreams are fulfilled. This is when your desires come to pass. That's what they set out to do in the first place. What did you set out to do five years ago? What did you set out to do this year? What did you set out to do last year? As you approach your dream, what kind of crowd has drawn, has, has, has kept you away from your dream? Maybe you look around and you say, oh God, I can't move. Everybody is against me. Everybody is fighting me. People hate me. Things are not working the way I wanted it to work. Have you tried the roof? Have you tried to go another way? Ask God to open your eyes to unexplored opportunities. And you'll be amazed that there are so many other places that you haven't explored yet. I came across this quote from the great American inventor, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison invented so many things, had a lot of challenges, a lot of failures. So many of his experiments didn't work out. He would try one thing, it didn't work, but he kept going and did several experiments, most of them failures, but the ones which worked became sensations in the world in his time and continue to be useful in our time. He died in 1931. He was born in 1847. This is what this persevering inventor, Thomas Edison, said. He said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. 
People usually give up at the time when they are close to their miracle. They've worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And when they're so close, they get tired and give up. Many times, the point you give up is also the point of your success. Will you persevere to go the extra mile? Will you persevere to go another week, another month, another year and say, this is what I set out. God is with me. I can still hear Jesus talking in the room. I know his power is present to heal. There is a crowd here, but I will not give up because I must get where Jesus is. Many of the life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. There's a very famous swimmer called Florence Chadwick. Florence Chadwick was an American swimmer. In 1952, she decided to swim 26 miles between Catalina Island and California coastline. It's 26 miles. And so she began to swim. There were boats all around her, keeping her away from sharks. They thought the sharks were going to be her enemies, so they kept her from the sharks so she could swim the 26 miles to the coastline of California. And she began to swim. She was a great swimmer, set many records. But on this day, as she was swimming this 26 miles to get to the coastline of California, after 15 hours of swimming, a thick fog filled the space. So there was this thick fog and it enveloped her and she couldn't see forward. You know how a fog is like? It's like smoke. You can't see through a fog. So she's swimming and she comes through this fog after 15 hours. And she continues to swim a little bit more, but she has no idea whether she's making progress or not making progress, whether she's going backward or forward. So she swam and, and, and moved around in the water and told the people in the boat, she says, I give up, it's over. I can't get to the coastline. I'm tired. Pick me up. So they picked her out from the water. And when they picked her out from the water, the fog started to lift. And when the fog lifted, she could see the coastline of California. It was just a mile away. She had traveled 15 hours to give up a few minutes. Many times we work so hard and give up when we are close. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.